Yo, it's your boy, Sound 3706, Committee Podcast. We got the usual suspects, Marcus Sniffles, Adolphus Savage, and we have a special guest we're going to introduce in a few minutes. We're going to start off, like usual, with the worst shoot of the week. So this tweet comes from at Yassin Salam. He said that no trilogy in music yet to overcome college dropout, late registration and graduation, and probably won't ever. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few trilogies to outdo the uh, Kanye West series. Uh, I think Marcus Sniffles debated the first three Outkast albums. You can argue the first three or the first three Jay-Z albums or even Volume 1, Volume 2, or Volume 3. So we're going to go ahead, go ahead and give him the worst three of the week. So in order to balance that out, I'd like to do the most interesting two of the week, which will come from Project Pratt, who said that 50 Cent has his own 444 in him somewhere. So... Again, we appreciate everybody who's listening, checking out the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, rate, comment, subscribe, you know, let us know what's good. So today we have one of my favorite Twitter followers, Project Pratt 11. What's up? How's it going, guys? Good to have me on. Anytime. So, uh, Michael, introduce yourself to the people. Let us know a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, yeah, my name is Michael Pratt. I'm at Project Pratt 11 on Twitter. Um, I'm from North Carolina originally. Moved up to New York last year and uh, been up here since, just getting involved more with the uh, industry scene as it was. Uh, started out <clears throat> working a little bit with Marissa Mendez from Hot 97 on her podcast. And then I got involved with a, a network called Dinnerland. And Dinnerland is like a production network for a bunch of different, different independent creatives. They do everything from podcasts to music videos, playlists artists, music shows, just a whole bevy of stuff. And so I've been working with them since, uh, I guess, January or February. That's me in a nutshell. That's interesting. So you were you worked with, uh, I'll name this podcast later. Do you think the podcast has gotten better or worse since she departed? Shout out to Mr. Marissa Mendez from uh, Forest, New Jersey out here. So big things. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about it? Because I- uh, Well, yeah. I worked. I worked with Marissa on her on her podcast. Marissa explains it all. I worked on the one that she did after she left that uh, show. Actually, we met kind of right at the perfect time because I met her last summer, and I think she was still with the with Joe's podcast at that time. And then after we met and started talking a little bit, she wanted to start developing her own. So as far as Joe's podcast, I think that it's the best it's ever been. Um, my frustration with it in the very, very beginning when they first started doing their episodes was that he didn't seem like he cared. And he mm. even admitted to that, I think on Drink Champs, it was just like they would bring him topics and he just didn't care. And then when <laughs> one week the topic was uh, Meek and Nikki, he was like, you know what, I'll say something about this. And he finally mustered up an opinion and that opinion went viral and it got a reaction from Meek. It got a reaction from, it got a reaction from, um, Nikki, and he was just like, wow, they're reacting to something I said on a podcast. That turned it up, and then we went into the Drake diatribes, and then we went into everything that we've gotten since, which has just been a, an incredible amount of content, and he's easily the most entertaining personality uh, in hip-hop right now. So as far as his podcast goes, I think it's only gotten better. Yeah, surprisingly, like, I wasn't a, a huge Joe Budden fan as a rapper, but he is a podcaster. He is excellent. Like, he's very interesting. He has very strong takes, very strong points. Trust him. He, he, you know, articulates his points very well. Um, sometimes I think now we have the Everyday Struggle Show. There's just so much Joe Budden. It's like you kind of 
kind of lose their shine a little bit after, you know, 18 consecutive hours of, <laughs> of listening to them. But it's definitely, like I said, easily the most entertaining personality in hip hop right now. And, uh, and we, we have more content from him than we've ever gotten before. So it's I'm, I'm here for it. So I know you, you tweet a lot about music. I see you post a lot of uh, different you know, genres of music and different artists and things like that. What, what is your ultimate goal? Because I kind of feel that maybe one day you might want to be an A&R. Does that sound about right? Uh, A&R, whatever the term is. I mean, I really moved up here and wanted to get involved in this industry. I think a lot of people start out just wanting to be in the room. They don't really know what role they can perfectly fill yet. They just know that if they're around this group of people, then they'll be able to contribute some way and their role will be defined through that. Since I went to school in Florida back in like 2010, 2012, that's where I sort of more so defined like, okay, I'm really good in like a leadership role around artists or around creatives. So I can give good input and good perspective on something that's being made, or I can help something, put something into, uh, put a plan into action or help develop a plan that we can all put into action which is kind of what I do with Dinnerland. I'm sort of like a creative content producer. A&R, yeah, there's a band that requires production help in the sense of, you know, being in the room and offering perspective on songs and, you know, sequencing and putting an album together. I've done that before. I have an interest in doing that again. Uh, but then, then also, you know, I like taking apart the game. And so I go back and forth between, you know, do I want to be inside and kind of behind the scenes or do i want to be out there a little bit more you know develop sort of a personality and kind of have an opinion that's highly revered uh i, I go back and forth peter rosenberg sort of an instrumental part of me moving to new york he was somebody that i definitely like looked to um with the stuff that he did with podcasting and, and just sort of the personality that i got um entertained by you know through all the content he was producing and then it goes to ebro and then there's charlemagne and then there's you know these all these kind of uh, luminaries along the way. But uh, anything from, from yeah, producing, a and gas bagging, <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever it might be, yeah. That's my favorite term. I love that term, gas bagging. Yeah, right? I learned that one. I was like, that's, that's it. That's what it is. Where does your like love for music come from? You know, you love hip hop, you like other kinds of music. Like, where did that come from? Being this year, you know, kind of from the South, you know, North Carolina. Yeah, we don't have any so we don't have any music in the South, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to listen to music without electricity. Exactly. Um, but uh, no, I, you know, at a very early age, my dad was always playing music in the house of all sorts of different varieties. I think the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That, if I'm being really honest, they were probably my first foray into like hip hop funk. Uh, Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of that band, is probably one of my top five MCs. So from there, you know, you get the Beatles, you get, you know, Dave Matthews Band, you get uh, the, the the white uh, mix, and then you get, like, uh, a little <laughs> further into it, you know, even something like jock jams. Like, I would attend an after-school care program, and they'd play, like, jock jams, and so you'd have uh, more money, more problems on that track, on that um, compilation. You'd have, they'd be playing, like, Will Smith, like, getting jiggy with it. So, like, Big Willie style was probably huge for me, just getting introduced to rap. And then it grows into probably Jay-Z. You know, he was probably the next one that, like, I really, really took to. Yeah, just constant exposure. But exposure to an interesting demographic of music because it wasn't necessarily what I was 
raised in. It wasn't like I was probably the only one of my friends for a long time that listened to rap, probably until I got to high school. That's interesting. I think you might be the first person I've ever heard. Like their first introduction to rap is like Big Willie saw Will Smith. That's that's pretty cool. Like most people would say like, oh, Tupac or Snoop Dogg or whatever, stuff like that. That's that's definitely, definitely different. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely interesting to be your first introduction being Will Smith and then wanting to stick around. We don't acknowledge the, the, the reign that he had. Now, it might have been, I don't know, it might not have been looked at in the same light. You know, to me at the time, I didn't know any different. I didn't know Mob Deep. So I didn't know that there was like gutter and gangster. And then there was also like what, what whatever Will was doing. I because it was all the same to me. Again, this is played amongst uh, a, a mesh of uh, Quad City DJ songs and also, Definitely. you know, like I said, like More Money, More Problems. So I had that song memorized. When Rolling in the Sky waved it side to side, that was like uh, everybody stopped in the, you know, multi-purpose room and threw their imaginary Rolling in the Sky and waved it side <laughs> to side. It was just, you know, room full of elementary school kids. So, like, I knew that one. Um, we, we, were, we were performing uh, the Intergalactic it was it was around, but it but it only got deeper. And I used to be able to predict songs coming on the radio. Like I knew the order. Like I knew. I remember specifically, I was in the car with my mom, and I was like, "All right, hold on, we're gonna stay in the car for a minute because No Scrubs is about to come on by TLC." And like the next song that came on was No Scrubs by TLC. I, I definitely had uh, things I want to go to. This is way more interesting. So, all right, so okay. uh, that is that is crazy. So, how does your how does your parents feel about this whole the whole hip hop thing? Were they kind of cool? With that? I know you're. I don't want to make stereotypes about North Carolina, but I, I've been there before. I'm from the South also, so I, I know some of the parents are too uh, happy when their kids find out or discover uh, hip hop. And, <laughs> well, that, that, that parental advisory like that. that parental advisory sticker is just like it's no one's friend. I don't care what age or what you know demographic you are. Like that that. That parental advisory sticker is going to just give you away before anything else. My mom wanted to kind of keep me real safe, not exposed to much. Red Hot Chili Peppers, even if you listen to their early stuff, they're talking about having sex with cops. And like, they're talking about doing heroin and, and other, other stuff, too. So, I mean, like, it's the black part of it was more so just, like, probably because we weren't, we weren't in, like, an integrated neighborhood. You know, so that was probably just like the subconscious part of it. But other than that, like I said, that parental advisory sticker, I remember uh, I had the Stankonia album sitting by my bedside table and my mom came in and like grabbed it and she was reading the lyrics. And that first song <laughs> is Gasoline Dreams. And he starts off, doesn't everybody like the smell of gasoline? Well, burn, motherfucker, burn. And it was, she just read that out loud and was like, well, this is just great. You know, this is terrific. What is this? She went in there and called my dad and was like, you got him lit. So, God damn it, so from then on, so Yeah, so from then on, we go to the CD store and she buys me like an edited version of Chronic 2001, which... I don't know if you've ever heard that album, but it's uh, heavy mm -hmm. on the explicit content. So there wasn't yeah. much left on the edited version. I might as well just bought the instrumental. But yeah, I mean, they, they, my dad was cool with it. He was like in a band growing up and his dad was really hard on him about exploring. So he was like, I'm not going to do that with you. So as long as I didn't curse, I could listen to whatever I wanted. But there were definitely years of edited versions of like DMX. And then there was X. That was the name of the album. Yeah. Edited version of that. I, I sat through a lot of edited versions of wow. stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine listening to an edited DMX. That's just like, it's, 
like oh, three and, words. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and imagine getting the tape version. So I had the oh. tape version of an edited DMX. <laughs> it was just like trying to listen to, you know, a, a movie in a different language. Yeah, that's crazy. Like even like I'm from we're from I'm from Augusta and like my first favorite rapper was also like DMX, DMX, Jay Z. Yeah, Snoop Dogg, stuff like that. Mainly DMX, though. I really loved DMX when we first came out. And again, our, our parents were, were were kind of the same as far as with the rap music. They weren't too, uh, you know, too big on it because he said the explicit content, all the cursing and whatnot. So I definitely understand that struggle. Again, congratulations on helping set up the, the SOB event. How, how did that go? Through a, a 444 listening at SOB's third, last Thursday night when, uh, when Jay's album dropped. That was cool. That came together really quick. You know, a couple of years ago, if I had tweeted something out like, hey, I want to I want us all to be together and listen to that 444 album. Who wants to do it? It probably wouldn't have gone anywhere. But now I kind of have a, a network of people, DJs, hosts, promoters. So I got a couple of people who were interested and we turned it into a into a thing pretty quick. So got a couple of DJs together, got a few hosts together. And then uh, last Thursday night at SOB's. We all got together. We probably had about 300 people. We had uh, we had a, about 2,000 RSVPs, but we had 300 people show up. Uh, I would definitely want to do something like that again. SOBs, unfortunately, and had we known kind of what the sound of the album was going to be, we may have been able to pick a better place or a more suitable place or maybe just set up SOBs in a way that it was conducive to the listening. But we partied for about two hours on classic Jay-Z songs. When it came time to listen to the album, it's like, Plus all right, two. now we all got to get quiet. You know, like, yeah. all right, everybody bring it down. You know, the, for the Duce was flowing before, and then it was like, all right, cool. Everybody bring it down to a dull roar so we can hear this album. And it's the quietest Jay-Z album that he's ever released. So good idea. <laughs> we got people in the building. We could get people to show up again. I think I would pick a different location. Yeah, location was probably the only thing. But it was a lot of fun. A lot of people came out, and it was a good, it was a good time. I think that once... The actual grand presentation came for for Jay Z's album. It was a little a uh, little bit of a dull roar, but I hear that it was there were uh, sound issues and technical issues at like the forty forty club. Made me feel better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean it, it's cool that that you're you know being involved with the culture and setting up things like that. Definitely uh, continue to do things like that with four forty four. So this is where I get kind of more kind of butt heads on Twitter, like I. I like to question a lot of things you say, and I don't know if you do it. Actually, I'm thinking you do do it mostly just to spark conversation, but mm-hmm. I kind of like, do you, do you really feel like this? You're just kind of like pushing the envelope. So like you tweeted that you think 444 is better than the blueprint and American Gangster. <gasps> I, I like to hear a little, little bit more on those thoughts. Yeah, I think it is better than the blueprint. I think that we- And I will, and like, I, and I will, I will lean I will lean that direction on the blueprint. Yeah, I think it's better than the blueprint. I think it is better than American Gangster, and I think that it's even at this point, after listening to it for a little bit longer, it's been out for a week now, I think I can say it's better than the Black Album. Now, those are three albums that fans of music, fans of Jay-Z hold in his, those are untouchable albums, right? But it's a little bit of a disservice to the artist when we just assume because of the greatness of the previous albums that we can't ever get anything better. Like, why can't he make his best album at 50 years old or 47 years old, however he is, right? Like, why shouldn't he, with everything that he's learned, with everything that he's gained, with as many raps as he's spit, why can't he give us the best work at 50? 
he's not a basketball player, right? It's not like he's getting tired and he's been running around the court for however many years and it's just like his body's not working the same way. It's going into a dark room, playing an instrumental, thinking of some amazing shit to say. And at this point, the budget is wide open. So bring in whoever you want, you know? He has, uh, more, he has more life experience as he gets older also. And there's so much to tell us. You've, been, you've built a career on, on uh, not bragging to us, but on just kind of like t- telling us how it's going. So now let's hear how it is. We've seen the place in L.A. <laughs> We've seen pictures of the house. Let's hear about it, you know? Tell us made more off drapes or spent more on drapes. All right, let's hear about the, the drapes and let's hear about the, you know, let's hear about it all. So I think that it's more focused than the blueprint. I think that it's... Um, and when I say that, I mean he gave us ten tracks. He gave us thirteen with the bonuses. I haven't heard anything other than the the blues freestyle yet from those three. Fire! But, straight fire! Are they fire! Straight fire! My oh, God. from Blue Ivy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that is that literally the entire conversation today we were quoting a freestyle from a five year old. <laughs> Like, and who else is, like, Bash doesn't get that. Like, Wiz Khalifa puts up a freestyle of his son. Freestyle, it doesn't get that kind of, nah. like, it's, it's crazy. It's it's amazing to watch. Nikki needs to not worry about Remy Maya. Nikki needs to worry about Blue Ivy coming from watch her spot. Watch out for Blue Ivy. Yeah, she's she's coming. <laughs> that that album's done. And uh, and, and we'll, we'll be getting it soon enough. But, no, I think that it's it's more focused than, uh, than the Blueprint. I think on the Blueprint, you got a couple tracks on there that at this point, you could probably take off um, Black yep. Album. I think Black Album, I've always felt like that Black Album is his most efficient album, meaning it's like all killer, no filler. People often make the case for like Justify My Thug. I've never had a problem with that song. I thought that song was dope. Yeah, uh, I enjoy that song. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see. But if that if that's one that can get taken off. Um, other than well, that, I'm trying to think. Is, is it anywhere I can interject really quick? Because I'm a big fan of the Blueprint, the original. What tracks on that are filler, in your opinion? And, and I'm still on this. I mean, 444, I've run it two times. And it's, it's a good album. I don't think it's great. Sure. I don't think it's better than Damn. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't necessarily agree that it's better than Damn. So it's not the hottest album of the year. And I'm not the type, like, I'm the type I will adjust my my ratings based on your current album. So I, I don't sit there and just because Reasonable Doubt was an instant classic, I wasn't a fan of that style of music at that time. So, I mean, I've gone back and listened to it and it's good. But I guess my question is, Blueprint is a great album, a classic. What on Blueprint makes it, what, what was filler on Blueprint? I feel like the 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 Jigga song, the one with the track masters. I feel like yeah. you can kind of go ahead and we can get that out of there. I think that was more that, of a radio song, I guess, yeah, like more of a single. Song. I guess, it, it, and it, it was in a time where they still needed one or two of those to feel safe, right? We didn't have J Cole yet to show us that. No, we don't even need anything for the radio. Not even something that sounds remote, like like uh, what was the workout? We don't even need a workout. We, you know, so we hadn't quite passed that point in the commercial. Aspect, but yeah. that was so way social media though too though. So that, that does kind of change things a little bit. Yeah. So they needed so they needed something from the track masters, which again, like if, if we're taking the focus, if the bulk of that album was made with just Blaze, Bink, and Kanye, and it was those records that came out of like the three day, four day process, how did we get that Jigga song? And then even something like All I Need, 
I feel like there are better songs on there. All I need was kind of like maybe there's some cool lines on there, but other than that, yeah, like eh, yeah, we take can, it or I, leave it. It's I not agree. something that's like I need to have it in my Jay Z catalog. If I don't get any other songs from Jay Z, I need this one. No, I can kind of go ahead and let that go. But again, we're comparing this album to something that set the bar as high as the Blueprint, right? Once that came out, it was like wow, he's got yeah, to do. I mean, it took him forever. Ago. Yeah, and so then it took him until the Black Album to kind of be like, oh, okay, well, this might... I don't even know if at the time the Black Album came out, people were saying that it was better than the Blueprint, but I feel like... And it's also, you know, the the narrative helps, and I don't think we've ever had as much of a narrative to go with the Jay-Z album until we got this one, and that helps sell anything. It's always going to be better if there's a story to go along with it. Jay's somebody that's kind of kept, like, it's mostly just what you see in public, and then he'll go and rap about it on record. So now that we've created this entire novella for him and Beyonce, we, we, we are incentivized and we're kind of energized by the story. We're buying into the story. And I honestly, I'm surprised that he's talking about that stuff on the album. You know, I, I, I'm not surprised because it's kind of like he had to, but I'm surprised that he yeah. even felt like, you know, like with everything that they just kind of let live and let die, like he felt like he wanted to go ahead and give us. And so now you see it. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day, how, this is the first Jay-Z album that we've seen, like picked apart in memes and gifts and lyric pages and like the whole the whole mess that anybody other anybody else's album gets. We, we, he's he's at such a high caliber. He's operating on such a high level. He's top tier artist. He's bigger than you know. He's the Michael Jackson of this stuff, whatever you want to call him. But we can still break down his stuff into some gossip and into some rags and into some tweets and into some gifts. Like we can still dumb it down <laughs> as brilliant as it is as pure as this album is we can still clunk it up with the drama so um no 10 tracks it could have been his rick rubin album pick no id you know this yeah, is what i, I would want to hear this is what i would want to hear if i was going to hear an album from rick rubin just real stripped down just give me the beat some soul some soul samples and him spitting crazy and i'm good so you you would have preferred rick rubin over no id no, I'm, I'm saying that um, if he was going to pick one producer to go in with and he's not going to go with someone that he normally works with, which is like a Timbaland or a Pharrell or a Kanye or anybody like that, like for, for this type of album where it's really personal, we're going to talk about some, so we're going to get really vulnerable. That's typically an album that the artist calls in Rick Rubin for. And he, maybe he does that more so in like rock genre now. But Rick Rubin was kind of the guy that like you'd call up if you wanted to really like we want to strip it down but still have a big name producer yeah so that's kind of just how the feel of this album is it's like damn i'm surprised rick wasn't even in the room because it sounds like because like if you listen to magna carta holy grail uh which i guess he was a little bit more involved with if you take away crown if you take away the holy grail record if you take away fuck me you know i got it if you take away tom ford um maybe like bbc maybe one or two others if you just if you just have Picasso, Baby, Heaven, Nickels and Dimes, Jay-Z Blue. Like, you're pretty much getting the core of this album. There was just still a little bit of fluff on Magna Carta that made people think that it wasn't as good. But, I mean, Magna Carta is a great lead-in to this album. We're kind of seeing, like, a, a series develop here without any numbers by it. So we got The Watch the Throne, and we got Magna Carta, and now we have 444. And those three albums are kind of, you kind of have to take those as a, as a, as a complete volume. Yeah, I felt the Magna Carta Holy Grail was a bit overproduced. Like the beats were cool, but like you said, with uh, 444, 
like you said, it was stripped down. It was more, you know, more vocals and focus on what he was saying and the things he wanted to get across. And, and that was my initial beef with the album. Like, dang, you know, I, I like the beats No ID did. I like the style, but a couple of them, like, you know what? I think Just Blaze could have made this hit a little bit harder, but that's not what this was for. You know what I'm saying? So I understand he didn't need it to knock as much. He needed to bump as much. Because he yeah, wanted yeah. to get messages across. The thing, I, yeah, the thing I got from 444 is that having just one producer, you have a cohesive sound. No ID, he knows every song that Jay-Z has recorded for said album. You don't have No ID doing three songs, and you have Kanye West coming in just to make a song that he's trying to fit into someone else's vision. No ID had a vision that he got from Jay-Z and it's just those two working on that vision together without having outside people coming in and putting their input in there. And he's, and he's pulled it off before. I mean, he did American Gangster. He did even Magna Carta, Holy Grail. He did Blueprint, Black Album, Reasonable Doubt. All these had different producers on them, but he was able to lock in on a, on a feeling or on just a, I don't want to say the word vibe, but he just he locked in and got everybody on board and the stars aligned for that to come together into a really nice piece. Um, so he, he can do it a couple of different ways. I think that this was just it was like, OK, I don't know how many more of these I got in me, but I might as well go in with the and do the one producer again. I'm surprised that he didn't reach out to Premiere or yeah. as, as great as Pharrell is like, why not? If Pharrell mm. you know, or Just Blaze, like just right, Blaze, the yes. whole thing. Pharrell. Swiss. You know, like who else would have been great? But and, and and that's the thing is that he picked somebody that isn't as obvious, but makes complete sense because it's from all the same lineage. They have done records in the past and it is Kanye's mentor. Yep. So, so you, you get the same thing without all the extra extra BS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because because if this was a Kanye album, the songs would be 10 minutes long. And they'd probably been leaked out. There'd be big hooks. There'd be, you know, elaborate bridges like this is just here. I'm a rap. Two or three verses each song, in and out. Yeah, sample, the, song, the you know, songs were hella short on this album too. Really, like really two, short. Two and a half minutes, three minutes. Maybe there was like only two songs that went to four. The, he, just, I, he really got his point out there really quick. I, I could have used at least. I could have used ten more verses on Marcini. Like you could have given us at least another, another, another uh, sixteen. Like come on, like <laughs> it just ends and I'm like, yo, just play it again. Just keep playing on on a loop, like yo. I need I need more from this. I need. I'm almost at the point now. I'm gonna go on YouTube and just look up freestyles of Marcy Me. Like I, I gotta hear more of this track though. But real quick, doubling back. Okay, so you also said this is better than, or you think this is better than American Gangster. Now, yes, there's obviously some tracks that you can get out of here. Like I honestly, I, I honestly don't like Hello Brooklyn. Like to be honest, with you, I don't like that song. So that's that's one that I would take off off the bat. But, but the like, only, I, I will the only reason that Hello Brooklyn does not work is because he has a rapper that's not from New York on there. Uh, it, I I feel like if you put any New York rapper on there, I feel like Hello Brooklyn works. If you get a rapper from Brooklyn, because originally I remember when the track list leaked for this, it had Talib Kweli on this song, and then when the album came out, he switched it. I, I don't know exactly why that happened, but originally it was supposed to be Hello Brooklyn with Talib Kweli and now it's with Lil Wayne. That's why it's Hello Brooklyn 2.0. That'd probably be one of the greatest Jay songs in his catalog if he had Talib on it and not Easily. Wayne. Right. Because that I, song's I, just not even well, like nobody ever calls for that song. Well how do you how do you right. feel about the, the productions? That that song just doesn't it doesn't fit into the rest of the vibe of the album to me. Like the, the beat just it doesn't sounds like they it, it sounds like they couldn't clear a sample. Mm. Like it sounds like it sounds like something's left out of the 
the music of that track. Like it's just that 808 and just like the, and it doesn't match like everything else is so lush on that album yeah. that other than like maybe blue magic, but like it, everything else is so lush. It, it, it doesn't really fit. And yeah, throwing Wayne on it, it kind of throws you off. Cause it's like, if it is to tell a story, you know, that album, especially then where does Wayne <laughs> come? It's not even it like, Wayne was zero in the movie, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It was just in that, uh, but, it was, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the reason I the reason I put that the reason I put four 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 now above American Gangster is because American Gangster, for all of its greatness, it was it came after Kingdom Come and it also came after Blueprint Three, right? The Kingdom did uh, Blueprint Three come out before American Gangster? Blueprint yeah. Three came up came out after American Gangster. Oh, it came out after. Yeah, it, it came out after Kingdom Come though. Well, with Kingdom Come. It was like I, that was probably his worst received album, maybe <sighs> prior to you know worst received. We look at it now, we like some stuff on there, but yes. I think what we needed was, and for as far as branding, I think they were looking for like a way to like reset a little bit. And so with American Gangster, I mean, it's of any of his other albums, it's the most like reasonable doubt, right? I mean, and it's like we're going to use the movie to kind of say that he's describing that, but he's pretty much going back through and just given us maybe like reasonable doubt part two autobiographical so yeah it's like it's a great album but we've heard him do that before you know like i think i think and i don't want to get like on a complete tangent here but most folks don't really like they they like they like the life of pablo from kanye but it's nothing it's the first album kanye's given us where he hasn't turned a corner like he's we've heard everything that he's done on that album before that's like a it's like a recap of everything he's done. So with American Gangster for Jay, it's like there was nothing. There was no new Neptune's beat. There was no like it was all pretty much classic. We had heard this sound from Jay before it was, and it was good and he nailed it and it reminded us it gave us some nostalgia. So that's why we revere that one. But I think this is better because it's original, it's completely original. There's not, it's not he hasn't ever gone in like this before. The music hasn't ever been this simple. Uh, I think it just ranks it a little bit higher. I think I think if you were to ask Jay Z in a in a private moment, like about four forty four, I think he would say that it is. He's probably the most proud of this album because he yeah. he uh, maybe outside of like reasonable doubt, just because it was his first. And there's always a special place for your first, but four forty four was so personal. He was so vulnerable. He really put himself out there, and he said, uh, I read on the interview, he said that four forty four the the song. He said that might have been the greatest song he's ever written. So I feel like he's the most proudest of this album. I don't I don't think it's his best. I think it's in the top tier, but I can definitely see how someone could make the argument for uh 444 being the his best work. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I also like how um you, you come on here today after you listen to 444 and your whole vibe has changed from last week. I Man, I hate to kind of call people out but didn't you say that he's washed last week like can you explain yourself on that one mr sniffles oh yeah i did say he was washed i mean he's he's yeah, an old so man he, he's an old he's an old man yeah is he really washed now yeah he's, he's still washed in the turn in the sense of like how old he is and how long he's been doing this yeah he's still washed like oh as a washed man myself i can tell you when another man is washed and jay-z is, he's got that wash wash radar yeah i mean he's he's out he's out here telling cats you know uh to not use the money phone like get out of here get out of here old man nobody wants to hear that i want to i want to have my stack of money and use it as a phone 
<laughs> yeah, I can't hear you, Jay Z. The money's in the way. <laughs> exactly. Get out of here with that old. Oh, I I don't want to go to a strip club no more. You know, credit is more important. Fuck that. All right. Well, but this is interesting though, and and I, I I hear that. I mean, definitely right. But uh, what we want him to we want him to come back holding you. Know, you know, posting pictures on the ground of him holding money to his ear. Like how much, I mean, my God, but then, you know, and also like last year he gave us, I got the keys and drug dealers anonymous, you know? So it did seem like he may have been setting up for an album full of something closer to that type of vibe. Like, again, I got the keys that, that beat that, that song, the, the flow that he's doing on there. We didn't hear anything like that on this album. Um, Do we, do we want that though? Like, that's what I'm saying is that we, yeah. we we probably we're we're much more receptive. I've heard a lot of people say this is the album we wanted and we needed from Jay. Like we wanted him to talk to us like he's the dad that we revere him as. We wanted him to do it in a way that looked super cool, sounded great, and I mean he executed on all on all levels. Yeah, like I it. actually uh heard some people kind of refer to it as this is the CD where you have the 80s babies and early 90s babies and even the 70s babies 60s babies can all just kind of vibe too it's not necessarily for the young man's game but this is something where hey this is rap that my dad can listen to or that my uncle or older cousin can listen to and really appreciate the music so um, i did have a problem with magna carta holy grail myself because i kind of felt like he was really trying to adapt to the new style and he wasn't really being himself. I don't know if anybody else has ever felt that, but that was my personal opinion with Magna Carta, Holy Grail. So I was definitely glad when he took this album and kind of got back to his core fans. And even though it may be dumbed down as far as the production, and when I say dumbed down, I mean, it's not overdone. It's not oversaturated. So it's, even though this is still dope, though, like it's, yeah, it's dope. I'm definitely saying that, but it's not like, you know, a Timberland beat is going to be out of this world or going to be some sounds. Hey, damn, they're experimenting with stuff we never heard of. Or, or he didn't have to get like a, I'm sorry, because I'm probably using somebody old, but Lex Luthor or uh, Zaytoven or any of the trap guys to do a beat for him. He went and with yet, it. And yeah. yet, if you listen to the beats, like the soul samples, the soundscapes are one thing. But if you actually listen to the drums on some of these, like maybe even Family Feud, I'm trying to think of one of them escaping me. Something like uh, like Moonlight, like even a track like that. The drumming, the, the drum programming is kind of uh, like DJ Toomp-esque. It is sort of down south. It's got that swing to it. If you listen to the drums, obviously the sonics, it's not, nobody's claiming that because it's not coming across, you know, so uh, so obviously like that. But if you listen to that, I was noticing the drumming, some of that is, you could hear Rick Ross on some of this stuff kind of incorporate, maybe not Lex Luthor. Like it doesn't have those, uh, what was that? Like the thing that Lex used to do that, like that sim, the, the hi-hat, he had like the 16th note hi-hat that he would just rattle mm-hmm. in and be like, Oh, it's the Lex Luger beat. Like, so there's nothing really, uh, like I said, as, uh, as prominent as that, but, um, he, he, but he, uh, there is some incorporation of, of some, I don't know what you call it, like swing, some some something in the in the drum programming. It is sort of a call to uh, to the southern roots, I think. So b- back to the tears. Uh, one question I have is when you when you make your uh, I guess your statements or your tweets on Twitter regarding music, 
Now, talking to you, I can tell that you, you know, obviously know your stuff. You think about this stuff a lot. But like, for example, your, your top tier albums with Jay-Z. Like, I know most people revere, you know, Reasonable Doubt is the best album. But like you said, your top tier is Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint, Black Album, American Gangster, 444. Then you said your second tier was Volume 2, Volume 3, Dynasty, Blueprint 2, Manicard, Holy Grail. And then your third tier would be Volume 1, Kingdom Come, and Blueprint 3. So is is that your list or is that the list that you should make, if that makes sense? You know what I'm saying? I think I would all, uh, that is my list. I think I would already okay. change it though. I think I changed it. I tried to change it like right after I tweeted it out. I think volume one has to be a second tier J album just because. Really? Wow. Just because I think there are, it's a great collection of songs. I, I, I don't know. It's revisionist history that set some of us up. I wasn't a, around when Reasonable Doubt came out, volume one. I didn't really get hip. I was probably in like third grade when volume two came out. So I didn't catch Jay-Z. Volume three was my first album for, for Jay. That was like the first like real introduction. And I was probably like six months after that got released that I was catching on to it. So, um, so I was... I didn't get to see everything that was going on and how it was being received for reasonable doubt or for volume one, but it sounds like that album just caught people off guard because it had the, um, the sunshine record. And it just song. wasn't, it just wasn't well, but yeah, but you let that go off and we, I think we played that in SOBs last week. And I mean, people are moving to it. Like it, <laughs> But that's different though. Like you're you're in New York though. So that that's kind of you know what I'm saying. Like they're just gonna dance anything, Jay Z, right? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But as opposed, to if you were no, in no, no, that's what a club that's why through the party. Line, that's why through the party. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. You know, I'm no, gonna uh, get booed any Jay Z songs in New York. You know exactly. Well, I was like, well, they'll show up, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah. So I don't I don't know. Uh, so so in terms of tears. Again, I think volume one has to go up because you've got songs on there like Lucky Me. You've got songs on there like um, Is an Imaginary Players on there. Streets is watching. Streets is watching. There's a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna misspeak on some of these titles. I think, but there's a lot on there that you go back and you look at and you realize it was a little bit better. So I think the volume one is probably a top tier. I'm forgetting what my my list look like but yeah it's just like again well, like i, I look right, off right. of if you go back tier, and look at top tier is reasonable doubt blueprint black album american gangster and 444. so, so what way do you I try to chop that down okay the way i try to chop that down is just like i go back and i look at each track listing and it's like all right so which songs on here do i not need to hear again and it's tough for those top tier albums there aren't very many i think out of the out of those however many top five i guess is what it is those top five albums i'm probably not pulling any tracks off of there you know i mean blueprint it's like yeah i can live without the jigga song i can live without all i need but as a complete listen i don't know if i need to and then once you get down you get to kingdom come it's like track listing and sequencing maybe sequencing was an issue for kingdom come and it's why we didn't you know the show me what you got record has to be one of jay's worst songs oh wow come on now rock boys rock boys is a better version of show me what you got and and, and the thing with me is that i don't know so you mentioned sequencing I'm, I'm really big into production like the production on show me what you got is excellent 1500 nothing those drums come on yeah, yeah man i agree Bruh. but i just don't think that it's i don't think it's one of his strongest records i don't know that he's 
he wasn't doing trying. anything on there. Yeah, it's like it's a great sure, it's a great Just Blaze record, but I think that he's I, I, obviously something didn't take during that season when he was trying to put out that album. So if you know whatever, and, and for us to go back now and realize that there's some good stuff on there, again, it just means for how it was presented. If this had been presented, if this album four 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 had been presented in any other way, and I don't can't even begin to imagine how that would have been i mean the way they did it it's just like you don't even know it's coming and then it's here it, it I, I love watching that process um but go ahead King, kingdom come was kind of like uh when michael jordan came out of retirement the first time and he would he came in like the middle of the season right before the playoffs and you could you could still see some of his greatness but he wasn't all the way back like they still lost in the playoffs he he wasn't michael jordan wearing 23 that was like all right this is a dude that can lead us to the championship. He he was still rusty when Kingdom Come came out. That's that's what his that's what Kingdom Come is to me. What's interesting though about that is that you know he gave us what like four Dr. Dre collabs on that album. You got Lost Ones, which is one of his best songs. Mm-hmm. You got Thirties, the New Twenty. Um, you got like Dr. Dre production. You know, like the, 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 Dr. Dre, he's gonna work on your album. That's the that's as big as it gets. That's the best producer you're gonna get in the room. Yet again, still, people with that album just don't have the same regard for it as I do some of these others. So um, what else is in that bottom tier? It was volume one, which I've, I've agreed can probably go ahead and move. Uh, Kingdom Come Blueprint 3, I'm surprised that was in the bottom tier. Yeah, I just don't feel like those those songs, I mean, Empire State of Mind was a huge record. I, I can, don't feel like I any of those other that. songs. Uh, yeah, but, but again, like it was a huge record, but like I don't. Catch me up. I mean, I don't know. It, it's a good song. It's probably just one of those where it's like we've heard it so many times that it's not even a Jay Z song anymore. It's like a, yeah, a yeah. jingle. It's a New York jingle. Um, so that one, Run This Town, DOA, like these are kind of like records of the time. Mm. They don't necessarily go any further. Yeah, you know? I, I don't. I don't play Run This Town at all ever. I'll run DOA just because I love the beat, but I mean, you're right. No, I need to keep going through it. I mean, off that, uh, on to the next one's a, a good song. But again, like, are they better than any other records that Jay's ever made? If I'm gonna, if I if I get two of those, if I get the Blueprint two and I get the Blueprint three, and I say, all right, I want to play something off one of these two albums, I'm probably gonna pick something off the Blueprint two. Oh no, we're gonna, we're gonna get to the Blueprint two in a second. Now, one <laughs> thing, one thing that I wanna wanna challenge you on is that you said that uh, Kingdom Come, show me what you got. Is probably you said. Jay-Z's worst song, right? That's what you said? <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe. I'm, there's a couple. On that album, to me, you could argue that anything is probably the worst Jay-Z song he's ever put out to me. Anything you want, girl. That will that be one. edited out. That is terrible. Yes, I cannot. That's, that will be edited out. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, it's just so bad. <laughs> and it seems like, and I don't, and I know that they have greatness together, but it seems like all the worst tracks to me that Jay-Z have, involved Pharrell for some reason. Like there's a couple other ones Pharrell that just didn't didn't hit to me, but can continue. So your tier two. All right. Your tier two was volume two, volume three dynasty, blueprint two. I don't know if I'm ready for this blueprint two joint, but go go through your second tier then we'll go to that. Um yeah, I mean just like again if I'm if I'm going by the same guidelines of just like let me see which of these albums has the least number of records that I want to get rid of, kind of how I assess it. So again, that top tier, there's like one 
to two. Uh, like, I don't think Reasonable Doubt has any songs that I would take off. Um, Black Album, you could make an argument for like one or two of those records. Blueprint, you could make an argument for one or two of those records. American Gangster is pretty flawless. Um, and then you take, you take Lil Wayne. You take Lil Wayne. Yeah, off you gotta take Hellas. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take that record off. There's probably like one that I'm not thinking of at the moment. But again, like American Gangster, what helps sell that is the fact that it's like tied with that movie. Like that movie was great. The album was great. Jay's making good music on there. Puff's involved. There's just a lot going on with that album that makes it great, you know. Um, and then tier two. So volume two. I mean, I looked back through volume two recently and I was just like, damn, this is like this is like a street classic. Like this was before he ever made anything that was like really crossover commercial i mean like hard knock life was probably the one but i don't think we're even really there yet until like big pimpin so volume two there's there's so much on there i mean i don't know uh i can't remember off offhand but it, it just seems like there's probably not that many records that you can get get rid of out of his catalog um volume three you know i've got that up there just because that's like the sentimental favorite a and his first j album i fell in love with um, I didn't realize until later that some of those records, like, oh, I like the one with Mariah, you know, you can probably get rid of that one. Um, but definitely some of the best, like, Jay Timbaland collabs on there. Dynasty. That, that, that run. Volume 2, Dynasty. That's a, that's a, that's a great run. Um, and they were just really locked in. And then to top that off with the blueprint, you know, it's, it's, it's quite an era uh, for music that he was running with everything that Drake's doing now, I think that we kind of forget that Jay was definitely putting out an album every year uh, for a long time. And out of those albums that came out every year, you've got <laughs> like five classics, you know? Um, so it's, 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 it's incredible. But uh, Dynasty Volume 1, or Dynasty Volume 2, Volume 3, what was the other one in that, top, that second tier? Blueprint 2. Blueprint 2, I mean, look at it. <laughs> you know, the, the gift, that first disc, again, it's not like the best Jay-Z music we've ever heard, but it's not the worst. It's up take there. On, yeah, to take on the task, it's, it's up there as the worst. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, it's right above Kingdom Come for me. That, that, I have a personal bias against Blueprint 2, apparently. Well, again, I look back at, and I think a lot of us probably, we just, we're, we're going off recollection. We're going off what we remember, you know, because I don't bump Blueprint 2. But I just remember that era. I think that was the Godson era for Nas. I think that, um, I just remember there was a lot around, especially Rockefeller. I think Rockefeller was just like on fire at that point. I think everybody was putting out albums. Freeway, Young Guns, I think it was just the whole era. So when he, he put out that double album, unless you're giving us two discs of 444, <laughs> you're giving us two perfect 10 track, uh, it's going to be kind of hard to give us all killer, no filler. Two, two discs, you're, you're going to get some, some filler, some experimental or some like, all right, well, we're doing two discs, let's try this. And um, Yeah, just trying stuff out really. Yeah, so 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 there's a couple on there, but again, if you look through it and you really assess those albums, I think it, it it's kind of tough for you to to pull off anything um, that's super filler. 
I can only think of like that Sean Paul record right now on Blueprint Two. Hey, it's man, like, I like that. I like that Sean Paul record, man. I, I, I like they, they don't. Fit so together. even then, it's like there's there's. One I, even, I even like I even like the remix on it, man. Like I, I yeah. might be I might be a huge Blueprint Two stand, man. But I I don't know, man. I, Again, I like it's all about it, it. It has a lot to do with like era. Like if I put that that album on right now. I might listen to it and be like, man, I was blinded by the light. Like, I really liked it back then, yes. but I don't really like it now. But I feel like I looked through the track listing for at least that first disc, and I was like, nah, this was hard. This was great. And then even the the second disc, you got Meet the Parents on there. You got Guns N' Roses. You got... Show you how. Show you how. It's, man, that, that yeah, I mean, when, when, I remember when this, album, greatness. when this album first came out, like, I loved it so much that I went out and supported the Young Guns. That's how much I loved it. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't love it that much. <laughs> I, would, I, see, I went out there and I bought those albums from those two kids. And I was like, yo, this shit is so fire. And I listened to it now. I'm like, yo, Blueprint 2, man, that shit's... I'm, okay, compared to other people's discography and uh, talent-wise or whatever... It's probably it'd probably be okay if another artist were to release this album, but if you comp compare Blueprint Two to Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint One, American Gangster, you know, Black Album, it just doesn't add. It doesn't yeah, but you're, you're, you're again, you're comparing greatness to greatness. Mike, Mike, you got a minute? Can I kind of run through the the title tracks, the tracks on Blueprint Two real quick? And tell me which ones you're gonna try. Because I, I think okay. I, I think that Marcus doesn't. When's the last time you listened to Blueprint Two? The day I the day I live tweeted it. It was like a couple weeks ago. All right, all right, all right. Title track, A Dream. Can you live without that? Yes. I'm going to ask you, Mike, can you live without that? No. There we go. Hovey Baby, great Just Blaze production. Can you live without that? Yeah. The Watcher, two. Can't live without that. That song, bro, I, love, I love that song, like The Watcher. That's a, that's like amazing. these next three songs. Yes. Okay. Now, I think this was on one of your polls about best Jay-Z, uh, Beyonce uh, collabs, O3, Bonnie, and Clyde. Yeah, I was surprised that that didn't give it, get as much uh, love. Yeah, it wasn't really funny. So, uh, okay. Well, I mean, look, it's not, it's like, it is what it is. It's as important to his catalog as exactly. On the Run Part 2. I mean, it's like, it's a Jay-Z, Beyonce collab. It is what it is. It tells helps tell a little bit of the, the story. And, and that's why I was like, okay, if you change best to, like, favorite, then that, that changes the argument. Okay, cool. Excuse me, miss. Great single. Of course. Got to have okay. that. I know you don't like the Sean Paul, Sean Paul dress. I'm gonna skip that. All around the world was cool. It was cool. It was mellow. I like that. Okay. With, uh, what's her name? Latoya Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, there we go. See, it, now as you go through it, it's not sound as bad. Popping tags. If if you do not like popping tags, you're gonna get removed from this uh, podcast. So classic. Popping tags. Thank classic. You. I think the beat really helped that song too. The beat was really kind of put his foot in that beat. Okay. Whatever. All right, so again, this is where we get, get a little shaky with Frill again. Fuck all night. Trash. That's, the, mm -hmm. that's, that's, the, that's one of the best Frill songs. What? She <laughs> get it from her mama. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> half black, half white, chick I call him Minnie Mouse. Mouse. Like, come on. That, great. Yeah. Oh my heart. Okay, look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I do kind of like this song. Of course, it's it's not it's not the greatest, but I, uh, if it comes out, I rock with it. All right, point out the bounce. The bounce is cool. Like, bounce is cool. I like bounce is dope. Bounce is straight. Bounce is dope. And I did it my way. I can live without that. Oh, Trash. Yeah, I don't like that. It's like it's but see, there's that song. There's legacy. There's my first song. There's all these songs that he's kind of done in that way, and like that might have been. That might have been like the first attempt at 
that type of a record. And then he finally got it right when he did, like he tried to do Beach Chair, right? But if he did my first song, when he did my first song on the Black Album, he kind of like nailed that idea. So that's like a better version of that song. On 444, he starts off with Kill Jay-Z. On Magna Carta, he started off with Holy Grail. People didn't love Holy Grail because you got Justin on it, Waylon. He's a little too over the top, it's a little too dramatic. Okay, what do we get when we strip that record down to its essence? We get Kill Jay-Z. I'm tired of being famous. I'm tired of this shit getting in, in the way of my life. I'm trying to have a, a couple of kids at home. I'm trying to live off the earnings that I've made for myself thus far. Old Jay-Z thing, which is pretty much thematically what he was trying to say on Holy Grail, but we just got the of that record. All right, so volume two, Diamonds Forever. Sure, Jay-Z this, Jay-Z that. Get off Jay-Z dick, yep, love it. Mm, no, that's that. I think that's uh, oh, blueprint. No, that's blueprint too. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Diamonds. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I can't remember how that went, but we're gonna scratch that one because can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I can't either. So obviously, we can't oh, remember uh, anything. No, no. Uh, now let's be clear. Throw them diamonds up. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I like that. I like that. I like that. It's an intro. I mean, yeah, yeah I like call, that. Calling all the guards. Freeway makes a little yeah. <laughs> Guns and Roses. Give me that. Yes. Heavy that. D on the production, please. Okay, Why I'm not? taking that. See it. There we go. There we go. You don't I know remix. You. I can't. Yeah, get that out of here. Get that shit out of here. That that kind of that was unnecessary. Like I don't Which know what, that. Uh, the you don't know remix. Yeah. Yeah, get that out of here. That's that's one's gotta go. Pick one. Meet the parents. We're keeping that one. There's mm-hmm. no debate on that. Somehow, some way, definitely keeping that one. Sure. Yeah. Some yeah. people hate. Definitely keeping that yep. one for me. Yeah. Blueprint, Blueprint two. Definitely keeping mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, nigga, please. Mm, we got. That's gotta go. See, we've talked about this one before. Hey, Pharrell. Yeah. Pharrell again. Doc. Like, what are you? Like, what is you doing, Doc? Off the strength of this song, I bought the Young Guns album. I did. And, Off the strength of this one song. And you went. Now I hate fire. I hate fire. it. Hot fire. Hot fire. Fire records. Right. I don't know why I don't know why there's any resistance to it. It's I just can't get it's I don't I don't feel like his his rapping was up to par on this one. I just didn't I didn't think young Chris stepped in and really I mean he impressed me when the album first came out, but listening to it now, I'm just like I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, nah man, this ain't it. All right. Too many hoes. No. Uh, hmm. Probably good without it. You know, he had the little uh, Mace reference in there. That's interesting. That took me back. Uh, yeah. Uh, looked up As one, I didn't like that song. I didn't like the beat. I didn't like anything about it. Yeah, no, we're good on that. So what's that like? Maybe six records out of uh, out of two discs worth of, what is it, like 14 songs apiece? 11 and 14. All right. Uh, we live without that. Balance for Fallen Soldier. Ah, it was interesting, but I can live without that. Really? Wow. I thought you'd have left that on there. I, I, I thought that's one of the ones like he needed. I felt like that was one of his better, not the best storytelling song he's had, but I thought it was really needed to, I thought that kind of pushed it to another level, his storytelling. Yeah. Again, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, that's Pharrell, isn't it? Yep, another, yeah. uh, another, <laughs> another sweet of Miss Pharrell. Pharrell. Uh, Maybe you just don't like Pharrell. I don't no, know no, I'll, 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 no, no, let's not get it twisted. Pharrell is <laughs> one of the coldest. All right, so show you how, of course, is... Uh, a, a new Negro spiritual. That's, that I want, want that played at my my uh, funeral. Um, Bitches and Sisters is an excellent song. Great storytelling. Bitches unnecessary. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. 
It's kind of, it's almost, it's borderline corny. Just doing like, oh, this is what a bitch does. This is what sisters do. It's like, come on, man. Like, Dang, I, I almost lived my somebody, life. I almost lived my life by a couple of these verses. He was, he, was, he was saying some things that bitches do, like it was a bad thing. I was like, yo, I like that shit though. He said, he said bitches give up the ass. Sisters give up the ass. <laughs> Ladies, sisters do it first. Bitches do it fast. Or something like that. I was like, oh. yeah, sisters do it slow. Bitches do it fast. It's like, like what I, I mean, what if I want him to do it fast though? You know, like I'm just saying, like he's trying to he's trying to give us some uh, some 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 life lessons, and then that's that, that's that preachy shit right there. Nah, whatever. And then you have what they're gonna do part two. Yeah, this idea. So I mean, it's not as bad once you revisit it. So. I still think Blooper Two is a high quality work. So it's Move. bad. It's bad after you listen to American Gangsters. Really bad. <sighs> Just like eating McDonald's is eating is after eating a steak or something like that. So, but uh, I'm yes. busy. I, I want to not press too hard. But just a couple more things for you, Mike. All right. So honest question, man. Are you uh, are you a Drake stan? A Drake stan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like him. I think he's good. I'm not a stan. I wouldn't like rock coals for him. Okay, fair enough. Because I, I know you listed his top five albums, which I, I really want to get into. But I, I know one of the interesting things that I that I asked that I was curious about is how you included uh, you included uh, damn the mixtape so far gone. You included that in your top five. And my question then to you was like, okay, so are we considering mixtapes, even though I know it was re-released as an album, right, or whatever? So I was curious, like, so we're counting mixtapes as albums. You were more saying that bodies of work, right, not specific labeled albums because you had uh, more life in there, but more life is, quote, unquote, a playlist. You know what I'm saying? So my, my question was that is, can we retroactively go back in time and say, hey, well, this was a mixtape, but we're going to count this body of work and put it in my top whatever. Because if that's the case, then there's a couple of mixtapes that I will put in as my top whatever for Lil Wayne, as opposed to some of his albums. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's what's kind of the thought process in that? Like, does it have to be officially re-released, or can it just be any body of work is allowable and acceptable to use in somebody's top category? No, I, I don't know. I think I probably was just thinking about it, at least on that day, is like, Everyone throws Section 80 into Kendrick's, and I'm just always confused by that because I'm like, well, that that was before Aftermath. Like they re-released it just so they could sell it. But yeah, I'm not. I, that, that was a mixtape to me, and that's what that's that's the caliber of mixtapes that so many of those artists made during that time. Kid Cudi, Currency, uh, anybody on that freshman cover, right? Like they made J Cole. They made these bodies of work and we called them mixtapes at the time big sean um that everyone that was coming out during that time was was putting together a tape like that so with so far gone when they re-released it and made it like seven songs that cheapened the whole experience to me that wasn't mm-hmm. that's not the one that i'm including so i'm talking about that initial oh, okay, okay. Okay. Because, that makes sense because then when he gave us when he gave us thank me later I didn't like that one as much because to me it veered from the structure that was set up on that so far gone tape, which is the structure that we got. Mm, I, I guess we got it on take care. I'm not as big of, of a take care fan as everyone else is, but then on nothing was the same. I felt like we went right back to that initial, we found the balance. We went right back to that initial structure that uh, so far gone had where every song kind of led one into the other. 
so yeah, so I mean, I, I count it as bodies of work because we're going to call them a million different things now, but I don't know. I mean, it would depend on the artist as to what I decided to include EPs now and yeah. playlists. So I just call it bodies of work because even more life, you can call it what you want, but that one's still, again, it's, it follows the same structure as views, as um, nothing was the same. It kind of follows that same arc. Does Drake have a classic album in your opinion? Um, I don't know if he has a classic album. I think that I think that he's always given us like, like when he gave us nothing was the same. I was like, it, it that was the best I had heard Drake gone because it reminded me so much of that. Um, structurally, I thought the songs all he found a sound he really dialed in and it, and it was good so that's probably as close as it gets um for me and then but then if you take if you're reading this it's too late with it it's kind of like having views in more life i feel like those four albums nothing was the same if you're reading this it's too late and then views in more life i feel like those are like two sides of the same coin and you need one with the other they complement each other they're companion pieces um, if you're reading this as a little bit of a darker theme, then uh, nothing was the same. And then uh, in more life is kind of the darker, uses darker colors than, than views. But I feel like they kind of try to, they're hitting the same point. Uh, I think, honestly, if you're reading this too late, it's probably my favorite trait project, ex excluding uh, So Far Gone. But mm -hmm. that, that's interesting to hear. Uh, yeah, the, answer is, the answer is zero on the. Uh, Drake classic albums, it's, it's zero. He yeah, have yeah. So in other and words, the, so in other words, probably not. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing is, there's way worse rappers that I feel have classic albums that, and, but Drake doesn't. I think Drake's uh, his ultimate goals are probably at this point bigger than music. If that makes sense, like his, I, you said something about his last two singles. I was like, uh, they were kind of lukewarm, like signs and uh, what was that one he put out? Oh, to the, the mat. Joint, the, yeah, the DJ. I was like, it was cool, but it wasn't nothing. I got to hear more than like one time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, we're 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 tired. We're tired. We're just tired. And he hasn't and, taken a break really. But we're Even, just we're exhausted on it. It's no longer an event. It's no longer he can't you can't pop up a new sound every two weeks. And you know we talk about he's, a classic he's, album. He's trying. From I'm trying maybe he's given us what was left over like he's given us what's in the stash I mean none of this is like groundbreaking like I don't think he put out that signs record and thought all right here we go again everybody everybody saddle up yeah. um, <laughs> but, but you know in terms of the in terms of the classic Drake record I mean what would that sound like because grown so much as an artist since so far gone to where he's completely dialed into the West Indian and the you know the rhythm records and things of that nature so like what does a classic I think a classic album three albums ago like I said nothing was the same kind of as close as you get because of the lyrical content the sound the structure of it that's probably his, his best work it might be his most complete body of work since so far gone um, what does it sound like at this point though like can we get a classic from him because I mean are there classic I mean, I guess thrillers a classic pop record. So maybe if Drake gives us nine, no questions asked, inarguable nine smash records, maybe we could have a classic Drake album. But I don't think it would be the same thing as it would have been three years ago. I kind of, I kind of view Drake in the same uh, 
light as I do someone like a Kevin Hart, where Kevin Hart, he puts out so much material and they all do numbers. They all, they're all technically hits. He makes all the money. He's in every movie. He's in all the TV shows. And 20 years from now, we'll be like, yo, Kevin Hart had an amazing run, but no one really considers Kevin Hart to be a great comedian. No one thinks he's better than Chris Rock or Eddie Murphy or, you know, Seinfeld or anything like that. And make 20 years from now, people are going to look back at what Drake did. You look at all the numbers he did, all the records he sold, all the streams he had, all the number one hits he had. And you're like, wow, he had a great run. But you could still name maybe like five rappers during that run that were better than him. I, I feel like no one thinks that Drake is one of the greats. He's a great hit maker. He's a great songwriter. But no one really considers him to be one of the great rappers like of all time. That, that is yeah. true. That, I, uh, you can see that. Like, see that. Like, he, like, J. Cole isn't doing the numbers that, Drake's, that Drake is doing. J. Cole's not even coming close to getting that kind of attention and popularity. Popularity, But if you ask people, like, who's a better rapper, J. Cole or Drake, most people are going to say J. Cole's a better rapper. Same with Kendrick. Kendrick's just now starting to do numbers. But if you look back on, like, history, if you look back on Kendrick's career compared to Drake's career, Drake has had a better career, but Kendrick's a better rapper. I guess that makes sense. So, wrapping this up, Mike, what, what do you do? What do you, I know you said you, you, you came to New York to work, but what do you do for, like, fun? It can't be work. I, I guess you listen to music for fun. It seems like something you enjoy doing, but, like, when you're not working, what do you what do you do just to kick it? Just to kick it? Um, yeah, man, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I consume a lot of content. Uh, definitely listen to music. I probably don't listen to music as much as uh, it would seem like um, probably listen to a lot more like podcasts and interviews and things like that. But I'm definitely like, I don't know, I've, I've listened to so much music in my 28 years uh, that, you know, I can. I didn't want to tweet anything about the 444 album too quickly because I know that, you know, especially someone like you who's watching my tweets. <laughs> I don't want to put anything out that's too impulsive that like I'll have to you know, resend later, but, um, but I can pick up on something pretty quickly, like making the assertions that I've made about the 444 album being, you know, the black album dripped in gold or the blueprint draped in black. Like I can make those claims. Like I've, I've heard, I've heard those albums enough. And then I've heard yeah. this one enough times to like, okay, I kind of get like the feel of this. Like this reminds me of this. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm listening to a lot of music I'm reading. I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty boring. Like, like I really did. I said earlier uh, that I came here to work, and that's pretty much what I did. So like, if I'm out, it's probably not for grins. Like I'm probably out for like networking purposes, and and there's a function that I'm supposed to be at. So uh, when I'm just chilling, I'm I'm absorbing music or absorbing content one way or the other. Okay, interesting. Now one more quick thing. I know I want to wrap it up, but that that was actually something I did want to talk about at some point. Like I'm at the point now. Like when I go work out, I go to the gym. I'm at the point now where I will listen to podcasts before I listen to music at the gym. Like, how do you how do you manage that? Those two things. There's so many good podcasts, so much content out there, but in the same breath, new albums drop seemingly every day. So it's like, how do you how do you balance that? Like without with being able to, uh, I guess, digest the albums. I mean, because podcasts are fairly easy to digest. It's just the volume of them that come out or whatever weekly. But as far as, like you said, you want to put out, you know, 
a crazy hot take on 444 without, you know, actually having time to digest the content of it. So mm. how do you balance doing that with the podcast and then with the different albums? Come you had Jay-Z, you had Two, two Chains, you had Big Boy, you had uh, Joey Badass has come out. You, it's like every week it seems like a new CD comes out. So it's like, how do you have that happy medium? Like, how do you not go crazy? How do you, how can you put all this stuff out with, 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 uh, with a clear conscience. Yeah, and still find some quiet time to think your own thoughts. Exactly. Um, Especially. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly, man. That was like the whole inspiration behind having that 444 party was it was really selfish. Like, I just don't I just don't want to be in my apartment by myself reading Twitter, listening to that album for the first time. I wanted to be out. I wanted to see some some genuine reactions. But um, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, there is there's a ton of content and, you know, it's there's a lot of hours in a day. There's probably three or four podcasts per day that come out um, that, you know, require your attention. Uh, and then there's a, a new album every week or so, you know, and, and in the streaming age, I found it harder. I have a harder time going back and listening to stuff that came out months ago. Yes. My streaming, like it keeps it pretty current. Like if my recently added music or my recently listened to, it's all new stuff. So like I'm only you know, thinking about the last four albums that came out, you know, if I'm going back and listening to a seat at the table, that's got to be a special occasion because I, because it's not at the top of my, it's not at the top of my listening list. My top of my listening list is, is what's come out most recently. So, so yeah, I don't know. You just, you, you, and you have to stay on top of that because as, as quick as the internet social media moves, like you have to be on top of what's coming out, what's new, what's hot. So it's like, damn, like I want to sit back and listen to this album. I want to enjoy this album without having to be current on the three albums that dropped yesterday. So that's and especially and especially nowadays because you'll get the lyrics before you get the out. Like they'll be putting up like that four 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 shit. I had I had barely you know, we did the thing in SOBs, but unfortunately you couldn't hear it very well. Like I couldn't it was I went and saw uh Kanye play Pablo at uh MSG last year when he premiered it before it was out. He went and did a listening session at Madison Square Garden. So yeah. I went to that. And that was kind of the same thing. It was like it was a great idea because uh, when I'm when, when I'm listening to a new Kanye West album, I want to be in the biggest room with the biggest speakers. Just let that shit go. And for that one, unfortunately, like it was just a little hard to it's new sound. So it's hard to make out everything that's coming through the speakers. Had a similar situation at SOBs. You could still hear it, but it just you're listening to something brand new. So, yeah. um, so then again, like I, before I really gave it, got a chance to give it a good listen, I'm on social media for a couple of minutes and I'm seeing, you know, people posting the lyrics and there's all this, you know, these memes and gifts to go with it. Um, Breaking down all the subs, all the subs. Yeah, it's like it's already, like, it's already given me. Out, like, I just saw the trailer and I've felt like I've already seen the movie. Like you guys are, you guys are spoiling the action for yes. me and you're taking the parts that's the other thing too is it's marketing right so they're trying to sell us particular parts of this album so that we'll buy into it not just buy it but we'll buy into it the narrative the the story that goes with it so that's what's being projected and highlighted instead of me getting to sit there with my two headphones on you know listening to music and processing it for myself and picking out what i find is important I when when back to back came out from drake <laughs> i probably hadn't heard that record I didn't hear that record for like like six weeks after it came out, but I knew the whole record because everyone had tweeted, is that your girl's tour or your world tour? Like I knew everything about that record before I ever had to hear it. And then when I finally heard it, I was like, oh, this shit's hard. Like this yeah, is like I like this. Like this is this is great. But I, I didn't have to hear it. So there's a lot of stuff that comes out 
that I don't even have to hear. Like I didn't hear that Playboard Cardi record until maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. We were out in the club. Like I'd heard about it. I heard the Millie Rock references. I've seen people Millie Rock before. Never really heard the record. And then when I finally heard it, I was like, oh, okay, this I get shit, it. kind of hard. Yeah, I like this. Shit. <laughs> so I don't have to hear everything to know kind of what it's about. Like hearing this J album is great. I'm so glad this came out. It's so refreshing. It's so, it's it's perfect. It's a perfect album at, at this point. A week after it's released, it's perfect. I haven't found anything that I really want to pick apart about it. Um, but come a couple weeks from now, you know, might be might be a little different. But like my, my my overall point was just like I don't have to hear everything to know what it sounds like. I wouldn't have to listen to the Two Chains album to say what that sounds like. But I did. I wanted to hear the Big Boy album. You know, I wanted to hear where that was. I'm a Big Boy fan. Glad I listened to it. Don't probably don't need to listen to it again. <laughs> Damn, I liked it. I think I think I wanted more. I, it ended too quick for me, but that's. It was a little. That was that was probably my thing. It was a little short. It wasn't as his album. Most of the time, they kind of there's some type of arc to it. That this time, it just seemed a little bit of more of a mix of good songs. It didn't seem like there was sort of a a theme or, or an arc is the the only word I can really think of at the moment. But there's there's normally more there's more to it. This was a little light for me. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Oh, damn. So, speaker box love below, pick one. Uh, uh, speaker box love below. Um, probably gonna go speaker box. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And, and that's funny because that's that's actually how I think we started following each other because uh, my bio I had a big gifts oh, first from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, yeah. you actually know what this is? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I love that verse. Like that, that shit is so. That was that was another moment. That was another great <laughs> moment. You were asking about how my parents liked that. My dad was cool with everything until like that record would come on and we'd be in the car in traffic and we'd have the windows <laughs> down and we'd be playing that a lot. And he'd be like, "Come on, like I'm pretty reasonable." But this is like, <laughs> so there, there are moments like like still, like uh, the story of OJ. Like that's an amazing rap song. Unfortunately, I'll never be able to rap that out loud in public. Like it'll just it's never. You know I'm never gonna be able to join in on the on the. Spirit. <laughs> moment of it. it's never right. gonna happen for me. I'm, I'm never gonna get that moment. And but I want to ask record. you about that, dog. Like you being so interested in hip hop, like how, how did like you know there's so I mean you're obviously white. You're actually our first white guest on the podcast. So uh, uh congratulations to you. Get my own horn there, yeah. You know, get, get a prize in the mail. But like how do you how do you feel about some some of the white people? Not in, I guess in general, like for example, did you ever uh, did you get to see uh, Kanye West do a life popular tour in New York? No, I did not. Okay. Have you ever been to a Kanye show at all, ever? Before? No, I haven't. I have not seen Kanye West perform live. Definitely should do that. So, uh, me and uh, Adolphus Savage, we saw him do uh, "Damn Jesus" in Tampa, which was excellent. Like, it made me like the album and appreciate it more. And then me and uh, Marcus, we saw him do "Life of Pablo" at uh, MSG. So, if you ever go to a Kanye show, his his fan, his fan base is super diverse. It's like white people, black people, Chinese people, Mexican people. It's pretty much not a lot of black people. So, of mm -hmm. course, you know, a lot of the songs he says nigga or whatever. So, right. I'm like, all right, cool. I understand what it is. I'm not going to I'm not gonna get mad because I can't fight everybody in here. But, I mean, <laughs> individually, like if you're, you know, around some white folks or whatever, they, they use words and songs like, 
how do you feel about that that whole that whole situation? Because I mean, like I said, it's hard to get mad. Like I'm not gonna tell anybody what what they can or cannot say. It's just don't expect everybody to react in the same way that maybe I or some other people might act like. Oh, that's cool. I mean, do what you do, but no. I mean, ultimately, like, I, I mean, I, I've been listening to rap music since I was way young, and I've been putting that word in my head since way young and you know i don't think i come off to anybody as inarticulate so when i say that i mean i know how to use that word you know i know where that word goes uh in a sentence i, I understand kind of the, the 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 bad way it can be used and demeaning way it can be used and i also understand how it's used in like rap vernacular where it's more of a term of endearment and things of that nature in fact that's probably more so my experience with that word is a term of endearment is you know reaching out everybody involved that kind of thing but that word no matter if i know where it goes in a sentence or not it doesn't sound good coming out of my mouth it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't sound cool it doesn't sound whatever coming from me so for that reason i sit it out i can't use it it doesn't it's not it's not gonna say i could i could be with the closest of friends i could be with whatever it's not gonna sound correct coming from me it's just not and so until and it won't be in my era, but until we get over that hurdle or until we learn to just drop it and let it go, like it's not, it's, it's not going to change. So yeah, I mean, how do I deal with that? I really don't. It's, it's the word. Now I've been to shows before. Um, I've heard like, I don't know, I don't want to say anybody's name. I've heard, I've been at shows before and there was an artist who's, he's an up and coming guy right now. Um, and he had a song and it was like pretty heavy on the N word in the chorus. And he was like, I don't care what color you are. I want you to say that word. Just come on, everybody let's say it all together. And I was just like, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like I have to leave here. I can't leave with you. Like you're not coming with me. Like, no, I'm not going to just like, I have to go home. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, I've got a train to catch. So, um, so, so, but I just, you know, it, it is interesting to get, those different takes. But ultimately, like I said, I mean, yeah, I could probably use that word with the best of them, but ultimately it's not going to sound good coming from me just because of history and everything else. But my experience with that word, I've never seen anybody hanging from a tree. You know, I've never seen somebody getting beaten down in the street, not to say that it doesn't happen, but I've just never seen it and seen somebody be called that word in a derogatory way. I've only heard it in this rap music. I've only heard it in the hip hop culture. Do I know how it can be used incorrectly absolutely but i've really only experienced it so with that yes it is very much in my musical dna you know but um it doesn't doesn't sound any better when it comes from my from my mouth so hey hey guys it's that simple deal mm -hmm. just, just don't do it so but again man we we appreciate you coming through man giving us some of your time you're Welcome anytime you again. This this is a cool thing. Like I know a lot of people bash on podcasts. Oh, everybody does podcasts, blah blah blah. But it's really cool to actually speak to somebody outside of seeing their tweets because you know what I'm saying tweets can be uh they can be received different ways and to actually hear somebody with a, a thought process that makes sense outside of them, you know, outside of their keyboard or their phone. That's that's actually really refreshing. So again, we really appreciate you coming on. Definitely want to have you back on again to talk about music and things of that nature. Uh, continue yes. to do, continue to keep doing doing it big out there in uh, New York, you know, relax some. I know you're working hard, getting your grind on, but you know, 
when, when you do big things like the SOB joint, you know, take take some time to sit back and you know say, hey, I did I did something pretty cool. So, uh, you got any any shout outs? You know, give out your social media again, all that stuff. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me on, and uh, look forward to to speaking with you guys again. Shout out to Dinnerland. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Project Pratt Eleven. That's probably the best place. Instagram's Michael Pratt with two underscores at the end. Um, but yeah, shout out to Dinnerland. Shout out to uh, everybody that listens to this podcast. Maybe you guys would get uh, about five other people to listen to it. Uh, when I promote it. <laughs> turn up, turn up, turn up. Yeah, uh, so this so this will be the viral episode. But uh, but no, I really do appreciate it, and I, I love chopping it up about stuff like this. So anytime. Yes, sir. Well, again, this is uh, South Beach 706. Uh, Dolphins, you got anything? Uh, no, nah, I don't have anything. Marcus? Boom, Sakalaka. Shout out to the first producer that's going to get sued for using uh, uh, Blue Ivy's vocals for a rap song. That'll be that'll be excellent on Twitter. So, <laughs> But yeah, this is the Committee Podcast, and it'll be out. Peace. <laughs>